next up I'm going to be covering iron. I'm interested in iron specific just as you can see here just due to all that former administrative experience especially just going through all of it Team Fortress TV especially though for example and just sort of like the casting experience just getting a sense for all the insight that offers into the community the uniqueness of it I feel like there's a lot more to tap on and draw from from there than just normally administrating and that's what I'm going to mostly be focusing on with this one. Uh, take it away, Iyer. Yes, hello, hello. My name is Iyer, or some people might know me as Diego. Been in this community for a few years now. Mostly stepping back from stuff at this point, but just uh, you know, talk to talk to the Blizz Tank, the old, the old boy himself. <laughs> okay, so how did you first get into Team Fortress Two casually? So casually, I picked it up in middle school because it was free and ran on a Mac. I had an old friend who played it. Uh, and I got into competitive because of a community server that I played on. It was a 24-7 double-cross server that wanted to start a Highlander team together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was kind of my first little introduction. I just kind of would peek around the corners. I couldn't really play the game because of the time difference to Eastern. Uh, but Pacific TF2 time? games? Uh, no, Hawaiian time. Oh, so wow. Being way out in the middle of the Pacific, uh, I'd be playing matches at like 5.30, and that just wasn't possible for me most of my... Uh, I through like middle and high school, so I basically just watched the game, and I would just sort of lurk. <laughs> but I always really enjoyed watching it, and that's basically what got me into like esports as well. Right, and what do you say that's kind of like led you towards like a more commentative and administrative angle? Yeah, so when I was uh, starting high school is when I started writing for TFTV, just because I wanted to do something to engage with the game and you know, participate mm. in the scene, but I couldn't really play, so, so writing seemed like a shoo-in. What was TFTV like back then, when you first started out? It was very different. It was a lot of different people involved. So writing for most of its history was run by TSC, and it was only a bit before I came in that Blake Farrick had taken over. But at this point, we were still using Slack to communicate. It was different vibes, but also just different people. Mm, okay. Yeah. But TFTV in general, like, this is where I would say, like, the newsroom was doing really well, but, like, NA had started to kind of decline. Like, TFTV production wasn't as prominent as it used to be. And when would you say that would be? Um, I think as soon as TFTV stopped, like, directly hosting LANs. Hmm, I see. When when you see like Essentials started doing more of the production for I series, obviously Critzcast involved in Copenhagen. You right. didn't have the like lands and stuff really driving like innovation at TUTV. That's why basically everything's been the same. And would you say lands were just like a super important part of like people being able to connect and sort of having consistent community interest? I think they're a big part of what keeps people engaged and like working towards something. Like if you're just kind of covering online seasons constantly. It gets a little monotonous, especially right. in North America, where it can feel like sometimes it's a bit of a broken record. Okay, yeah. So, um, how would you rate your experiences with TFTV? What was it like? Um, my two experiences of being with writing, I would say, was like, it, it's for me, it will always be a little disappointing because I never really did a lot of the things that I still kind of want to. But I definitely have met a lot of good people through it and through casting there as well. But a lot of good people just doesn't engage with me anymore. Okay. Or I still cast, but writing not so much. Who do you usually cast for? Like what sort of groups? Um I will cast for pretty much anyone. 
Uh, I think the only one I haven't is actually RGL, but because I don't cast as much North America anymore. But I do a lot of European and huh. Australian stuff at Crits Cast. Or why is I'll that? We'd be casting the uh, upcoming Essentials Clash stuff. Is there any like particular reason for that? For not doing North America? Yeah, for doing like other regions more. Rather. Um, I do a lot more stuff with like my university now. The times just don't work out as much. I'm not opposed to doing it. I don't have like the same rapport with Dolphin as I do with a lot of the other like producers as well. Mm, I see, and like I guess in other regions, maybe it's a bit more freeform as well. Like it's a bit less centralized when it comes uh, to the casting. Like uh, RGL, for instance, has like their official sort of like casting policy. I mean, other regions have casting policies as well, but like there's mostly just one of like Kurtzcast does most of like Asia, Australia, mm, I see. European Highlander stuff, like. It's TFTV still does like the EU stuff, so it's not that different. That's it. So who's winning this game of mon- Monopoly then? <laughs> Who has the most board control? Um, I would have said it was TFTV, but TFTV NA basically kind of died. Hmm. And why would that be? Just lack of people, lack of producers specifically. Ah. Uh, and- so. Yeah, like, the current production lead, like, I'm not trying to shit on anyone in particular, because, like, you, you do what you have, you know, <laughs> if I yeah. stutter out that sentence hard enough, but, you know, like, the current handy production lead is Australian. <laughs> wow. And why do you think there was, like, such a lack of, like, any production? Is it, like, the player culture or something? Uh, I, I mean, a few producers in every region, just because it's a very demanding task, like, doesn't surprise me. And, like, the people in EU who do it have been around for a lot longer. Mm, right. There's still not a lot of new blood, so it makes sense why it's hard to get into. Dumb TM casts. Yeah, like, yeah, Dumb TM is, like, an example of but he doesn't even produce, like, he does the That's coordination. True. But, like, yeah, because it's been, like, what, we toothed Arch Rhythm, you know, those guys really holding mm-hmm. down the fort in EU for so long. So, what, did you ever really interact or coordinate with those other people much like was it like a maybe interconnected network kind of of sorts europe and na at ttv are run basically separately from each other uh for most purposes but mm. the, so the biggest person in na that i worked with was looster 200 oh, i don't know how name. familiar you are with them not very but i've heard the name yeah so yeah looster was basically for a while like one of the sole north american producers the only other person was really shears nice. um and was someone who was brought in and then became production lead, and then I helped organize things with later on. Yeah, I think one of the last things they would have done was like around the time of like the Yomps event. I know that they were the main producer for that. But yeah, uh, he yeah. did an insane Yomps amount co- of work. And uh, what happened to him? He just uh, he just got burnt out. Like he. Also had some, like, spars with people in the NA community and just didn't want to work at TFTV anymore. He didn't like how the site was moderated. He didn't like... Because, for perspective, like, Enigma is very hands-off with TFTV at this point. He mostly just runs VLR.gg. Right. Yeah, so it's it's a weird position to be in, like, when you're kind of the head of something, like, what do you do if you need someone above you? It's a little weird, but... Is that something you have, like, regret server or just, like seeing him kind of like burn out like that i i mean i still talk to him we're still friends but like i i think it was kind of inevitable with what he was doing and 
I don't know how much I could have done to really change that. So that's I don't fair, know. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, it's like you don't think there's really like much the leagues could do, for instance, to help out. I think so. The biggest thing that happened in that regard was him and I in CFTV pushed really hard to be included under RGL's casting rules. So to give like casting producers some like uh ab- like ability to force players to like give connect info, start on time, use correct aliases, like that's really helpful. Right. And that and, did- like it it so I mean that was towards the end of when he was still in TFTV, but that kind of thing just like giving us some ability to like get what we need without pulling teeth is nice. And did that end up working out? Uh, for the most part. I mean, some people were still just difficult to deal with, but mm, that right. was never going to change. Okay. Um, how was TFTV compared to just, like, the other regions when it came to casting? I mean, I wouldn't even say it was sort of different, because a lot of the same people were involved in the other regions. Yeah, the other that's orgs. Fair. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously each of them are different from TFTV and, like, their own thing, because they had their own kind of idea behind what they wanted to do. Right, but I wouldn't right. say that they were substantially different. Obviously, like, TFTV kind of being the one to focus more on, like, the seasonal stuff or coverage. And did you ever, like, besides just, like, RGL, is it, like, the sort of thing where they work a lot with, like, the local league, league admins, kind of? Uh, like, the casting works? Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of invite, yes, because that's where most of the casts happen. Below that, I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, if you're the league admin, like, especially around playoffs, like, sometimes casts of the other divs happen more, but... And was there ever, like, a centralized Discord where it's just, like, all the different, all, like, these sort of casters could, like, come together and collaborate and, or anything like that? So, all of the recognized casting orgs had a representative in the RGL staff Discord. Hmm. Um, and there's, like, a Discord called TF2 Guardians, which is like a bunch of behind-the-scenes people just in a Discord that's mostly dead, though, because it was like an old TSC project. That's a shame. Yeah, honestly, it didn't accomplish that much. (laughs) (laughs) I think it had very... Like, I wasn't there at the start of it. I came in later. I think looking at it, it's like, it seems like this is good intentions, but I... Yeah. And it's the sentiment that matters, right? People trying to come together on things. Yeah. It could have been interesting if it worked, but... Yeah. Okay, so we've covered TFTV. Uh, how about Essentials.tf? What was your experience like working with them? Um, so I've mostly done the Clash events with them. Uh, I was going to be more involved when their LAN in NA was going to happen, but then got cancelled because of COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've run those online events with them, and they've been pretty good. I got to cast Fairytech losing one of them. Nice. That was that was fun. Okay. Um, how about Critscast? I mean, yeah, Critscast was the same. I just kind of pop in and cast whatever, mostly Australian stuff at this point. Right, right. I used to do more Euro stuff. Was there any like disti- big distinction between like how they'd run, like each casting group would like run stuff? So Critscast is definitely more focused on stuff like. Having like merch and the Patreon and all that stuff, like, because it funnels like money back in and then they pay out to producers and casters. That's probably the biggest difference. Essentials obviously has like the more focus on like LAN and big events and the partnership with DreamHack that can be interesting. So 
Each, each place has like something going for right. it, and they're definitely uh, interesting. What about fireside casts? It's just kind of Antler's little side project. Hmm, I've so it's been like with them a few times. But a more horror community sort of thing. It's more yeah, it's a little more casual. How's that been going? Um, they've been doing some loaded playoffs casts. I mean, it's just hard because Antler's is the only one who really produces over at her. Hmm. So it's basically just okay. if he's available, casts can happen. <laughs> okay, so then let's. You spent a lot of time casting across these different regions, right? Oh, sorry, I was thinking of Larson. Oh, I've sorry. Got a little, but yeah, sorry. Okay, so do you have any, like, real observations of, like, things each region, like, did particularly well or poorly when it came to, like, the administrative, social, and in-game gameplay sorts of things? Um, like, any I've contrasts? Been... I wouldn't say from casting I have a ton of that. I've been sort of sitting on the sidelines of a lot of the recent Australian drama hmm. with, like, the, you know, administration stuff. I think right. in smaller regions, it can tend to be, like, difficult to administer things just because of the community being so small. Right, it's like, you can't alienate too, too much of the player base, or, like, a few people or admins tend to have a lot of the power. Yeah. Or, like, server and, providers, for instance. Yeah, and, like, I think you definitely see that in, like, Australia. Yeah. And, like, I've dealt with things like the South American community as well, like also I did capping right. TV. And uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. Do you have any comment on any of the Australian drama, maybe Kixelite, Coden, any of that sort of stuff? I think it's just the people that are learning, like, if you don't have like a policy in place for how you handle certain things, it can get a little messy, hmm. is I think the okay. biggest thing. And I've, I've actually talked to people in the Aussie like, scene about it, and like what I think could change, but it's it's ultimately just one of those things where it's like you're dealing with a shithead, okay, and they're going to be a shithead about it. <laughs> so, how do you feel about Coden specific? Then it feels like he has so, a decent bit of power from what I've heard over the Australian scene, even I, not being I an Australian with, admin. I worked with Quickslight for about nine months as well, actually, as an admin. <laughs> oh, um, my opinion on Coden, I think he. <sighs> I don't have anything overtly negative to say about him. I think he's. He's hard to describe. He's a very interesting character if you've mm. never met him. Uh, vaguely, yeah. It's mostly just, like, second hands. There are, like, a lot of concerns from the Australian community, for instance, over, like, influence that he has, like, I c- yeah, I can see. Australian I can see why. I definitely don't feel like I, had, I have enough of an authority on, like, the Australian scene to comment on anything. Mm. No, I was just curious about, like, yeah. y- from your perspective as a bit of an outsider, if you have any observations to make. I mean, we've worked with code in, in RGL, like, to get, like, evidence for stuff, because sometimes it comes up, and, like, obviously they run servers. Hmm. But, yeah, he definitely has some idiosyncrasies and, like, some ideas that are a little weird, but, like, I wouldn't say I'm, like, worry about him, but I don't have much cause to. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, that's something I might touch upon more in the future with, like, other people, like, Australians, but if it definitely mm-hmm. does feel like a bit of a community concern, just, like, him trying to get involved with, like, admin discussions and their staff Discord, even though he's not really, like, an admin, and just, like, the sheer amount of influence he has being, like, the predominant server provider around, like, there in Asia, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, Australia and Asia, rather. Yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah. And it's just interesting, like, I feel like the main concern, maybe, for the community is that, like, his, like... Proact- like, I guess proactive would be the term for both, like, good and bad 
it's just something along those lines. Like, I'm, I don't really have much of an opinion myself, but it definitely just seems like he's kind of trying to be proactive with, like, social stuff or, like, with his vision, and maybe that's a bit more of a concern in regions where he has, like, most of the servers and potential, yeah. like, influence on staff stuff, yeah. I know one of the things being, like, he took a really hardline approach to, like, slurs and stuff on Quickslide servers as well, and I know that was kind of a, like, unsure thing at some points. Just because, like, you know, especially, like, in, even in North America, like, that was a thing, because, like, people aren't used to having, like, the server provider really enforce a rule. Right. So it's just, like, I, I knew people who would get, like, DMs about, like, a warning on Quicks or whatever, and they'd be like, who the fuck are you? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, though, like, opinion on it uh i think if you have rules and like this is your platform you have every right to enforce those rules you're giving people free right. servers like i don't and, think yeah i don't think that's necessarily like the issue with kickslate per se yeah yeah i think it's just like code definitely sees quickslate as a lot more than a server provider so i don't know i think he kind of treats it that way when a lot of people don't see quickslate as more than that hmm. that I definitely that makes can sense. sometimes be maybe where the differences in vision really tend to spike up. Okay, I appreciate the perspective. Very insightful. Um, okay, okay. So let's move on a bit. So, you're an admin for, you're an admin for RGL, yeah? Mm -hmm. So how did that sort of start out? Um, so the RGL Winter Cup was an event that was around the same time, because it was during that kind of extended off-season. Uh, that I wanted to organize a cup then as well. RGL also wanted to. We ended up kind of merging our plans. So I was sort of a guest admin as a part of it, but it was like an RGL event. Uh, and I did that with alongside Nina, and we both ended up applying to join and be RGL admins, uh, specifically with the idea that we would handle invite because we already had to deal with invite players in production and writing. This idea being that it would be kind of a slot in. And uh, that was how I started. And that would be like season four or five? Five would have been the first. So five, six, or sixes were my seasons. Ah, I see. And what was your sort of experience with that? What were some things that felt like you could accomplish that like you didn't like about the player base, that you liked about the player base? Just those sort of experience-based questions. I think so. We were obviously pushing for the casting rules. I wanted like it to be big that like players would respect casters, respect producers, and like people's the work that people were putting in, in that regard was always something that I wanted. Um, how successful we were in doing that, eh? There was progress. I don't know. I think that was always the big thing, and just also like I was just wanting to help out. Like I was kind of making the jump from TFTV. Hmm. Okay. Were there any things that players did that particularly bothered you as an RGL admin? Um, I think the the biggest, the hardest issues to sort out were always ones that arose because of communication issues between teams. So things like reschedules or ringer issues. Ringer issues were always annoying, especially in invite because it's just like this should be the one div that it's not an issue really. Right, and, people should know better by that point. 
Yeah, but I don't know. There's a lot of stuff around people just being incredibly petty or just not willing to kind of just earnestly talk to each other. And those are always annoying because everyone's angry and I have to deal with it. Right. You sort of get the fallout there. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like you kind of have to fall on one person's side if they won't resolve it. So then there's always going to be someone who's kind of dissatisfied with the arrangement. And did that feel like something like that maybe like made you lose friends over? It definitely contributed to me not wanting to talk to people in the TF2 community as much. I especially don't go on TFTV anymore, just because it's not worth it. Mm, right, it's like if you keep focusing on the negative, like, you never, yeah. nothing ever really changes, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's just like, yeah, having that, like, polarization can, it definitely leads to, like, admins sort of sequestering themselves in the community and just kind of talking to each other, which... Can in theory, like I think the way it looks oftentimes is like that there's just this like circle jerk of admins that just kind of control the scene and then like they're not really part of the community. But a lot of it's just because people in there are it's not worth it for them to be a part of the community. Right. So you do you feel like you particularly like were disrespected, so to speak? I mean, there might have been times when that was true. I don't know. It's just one of those like I definitely haven't made perfect decisions over the course of being an admin, but I think there were always reasons why I made decisions, mm. and at times, I got thrown into us for decisions that, like, I didn't even make. I'm not gonna, like, go further into that, but, like, how how decisions in RGL represent the community definitely contributed to leaving. Okay. So, um, you don't really feel comfortable, like, have the levity kind of, like, give some insight into, like, some of those decisions that people may not have seen the perspective of? Um, I mean, to some extent, I don't know. I think, like, one of the, the big early things that happened on was, like, the invite qualifiers for Season 5. So, there was basically misunderstanding around whether or not, like, a team was dead, and then, like, if qualifier matches would have to be played. Because people were having issue playing the matches, so if the matches didn't have to be played, that was kind of better for everyone. If that was the case, obviously, and then like, so there was end up having to be kind of portions made around that. And it was one of those things. Where it's like it was one of, it was immediately after I was officially made an admin, and I basically got given like no information, hmm. and then like the head admin wasn't even like there to answer questions. So I was just, it would end up just being like me, just sort of being like I, I'm gonna try and run this, but I don't. I didn't anticipate there actually being like issues. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So yeah, that definitely that definitely did not go well. I, it wasn't handled well. And there was there's just stuff like that sometimes where like things could have been handled better. But it's it is what it is. It's like a lot of the time there's just like sort of more nuance, but usually it's like somebody has to kinda of be taking the blame in the community's eyes, yeah? Yeah. It, there's a lot of nuance that gets lost in any of those conversations. And obviously when a lot of the dialogue is behind closed doors, it's not something you can always talk about. Right. Um, so what was it like to just, like, administrate over some of the best players in the game? Like, what was it like to administrate for Banny, for instance? The funny thing about Banny is, Banny actually refused to talk to me for my entire stint as an admin. Uh, still does, actually. Huh. Uh, um, do you have any idea why? Uh, he very much does not like TFTV. He very much didn't like me. Uh, holds the position that I am not a good person in the community, so he refused to talk to me. Hmm, I see. Yeah, that was interesting. 
And did, um, did that end up being an issue, like, when it when they were, like, decisions or communications regarding Furia Tech, or is it something, like, you were able to, like, I don't know, have them interact with the division moderator instead? Um, the division moderator was Nina, so I don't think they also did as well. But, like, I, I don't know, like, I would get Blaze would DM me his demos and stuff like that. It was weird. Hmm, I mean, weird. we never had, like, an open issue because of it, but it was just annoying. <laughs> A cold war between the RGL invite admin and Froyotech. No way. I, I don't know. Other. It was so weird. <laughs> okay, that's that's definitely a story. Definitely a good one. I appreciate you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How about other teams? Like, did it feel like invite players were usually like responsible kind of like role model role model figures, or did they try and like push the limits a lot of times, just like see what slurs, see what sort of things they could get away with? It really just depends on the team and who you're dealing with. Like most teams are not don't cause issues. It's like it's the same in every division. There's just always like certain teams that cause issues and certain teams that like will inevitably draw the most of your time. And like it, it depends just on the season and like who's in it. I people will know that like I always had in my seasons there were a lot of issues with mal teams. Mm. That was just kind of and it was just kind of of what it was at the time. Nice. And, yeah. Are there any like, hmm, are there any decisions you feel like the RGL has made that they shouldn't have made, like that you really think were a mistake? Uh I think I haven't loved the way that things have like been handled since around like like season seven and stuff where it was like i feel like a lot of the sandbagging rules got relaxed i feel like uh for sixes in specific sixes yes nice uh to clarify and like i don't know there's stuff that i could nitpick about it but like ultimately i don't really care i don't really engage with it that's fair you know? yeah like i was active as them and i could have engaged more with the dialogue of the rules and i didn't and that's just it's so it's not worth dealing with it for me Okay, what was it like being a part of the RGL sixes admin team and the RGL admin team as a whole? I think when I started off, it was different because like I would spend a lot of time hanging with people in who were admins at that time. So like Macavis, Krasian, Fuscor, Javon, like we would all hang out a lot right. while we were doing admin work. So I think definitely that was part of the reason I left was when that kind of wasn't as much of a factor. Okay, but I definitely think there's good people on stuff. Um, did your friends, like, outside of the admin team start to, like, treat you differently at all, or have, like, expectations when interacting with you, like, that you would be softer on them or something? Like, did any people try and, like, particularly manipulate, persuade, or just, like, use their connection to you to their advantage? Um, I wouldn't say so. It never really came up in, like, the invite aspect. I see. So for the most part, it's, like, people still kind of just, like, treated you as a person rather than just as an admin yeah i guess i don't know i was never really like that known so it never really came up fair enough fair enough would you overall call it like a positive experience did you enjoy that time spent i definitely enjoyed people who i've met in that time i wouldn't say it was inherently negative but you know it's not something i would necessarily do again right now okay yeah Sometimes you just need to take a step back from mental health, yeah? Yeah, basically, that's been my situation. Okay, and then you also were an invite admin for RGL for a season, right? Um, 
I've been invited I, 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 all my time in RGL. Not for RGL, for, for Highlander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just finished my last season. Sorry. No, I literally just said for RGL. That's You're so good. descriptive. Oh, is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Highlander. It was a thing. So I joined Highlander right after there was the head admin transition into Wilmatic because they were losing a lot of people. And then I was like, hey, I'll shore up like the admin team if you need me to. And I wasn't sure how long I was going to stay, but it ended up being until now. So that'd be like season 9, February 1, 2021 until pretty much now, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And what was that like compared to the Sixes team? Were there like different standards? Was there more efficiency? Was there like a different structure? Like what was the behind the scenes if you are I think able to say? Uh there was a lot of like transitioning of like the head admins and like obviously a lot of new people bringing brought in in season 9 like the first one. That was definitely like the hardest season in terms of work cuz I ended up basically also admining newcomer and invite and sixes so that was definitely like the hardest season in that regards and like i definitely started the the two seasons after that i definitely didn't put in as much effort as i had prior like especially this season i definitely did not (laughs) full disclosure that's something you take no shame in saying uh no i don't i don't care at this point i was phoning it in and Okay. How was the transition? Was it like, was there any animosity? Was it semi-organized? Was it disorganized? Like from from uh, Michaelaila to Wilmatic, yeah. Um, I obviously have limited insight into what the heavens have to deal with. I I understand that there was issues with it, just because of like the timeline on it was pretty short. It couldn't necessarily. There wasn't necessarily a great introduction to it, and I think that collected on the season. Hmm, I but, see. Yeah. And do you think that left like a bad impression for the rest of like the uh, head admin seasons under Wilmatic, maybe? Um, it definitely wasn't the main thing. I think like if you had looked at like there wasn't other controversies, maybe. But like, I think people were generally like understanding because like first season of anything is going to be a little weird. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what was your opinion on Challenger as the as as the invite admin? So my opinion on Challenger stems in the fact that Challenger didn't work in sixes. Like, hmm. I think that like you see a lot of the issues with Challenger, and that like y- there's just not enough teams to go around at those skill brackets that you see other divisions start to be affected negatively because of resources. Or because of teams that need to slot into Challenger. And I think that's what we saw in Sixes, and I think it's what you see in Highlander if it continues. Mm, Okay. Like, that's always been my opinion. Like, I think Challenger works if you have the number of teams, but we don't have the number of teams. Right, right. Okay. And I thought this, and it's a similar reason why I was against Advanced Surround Robin. Mm, Because I think, like, you two. Are affecting main, then it's not worthwhile. Hmm. And if you're affecting invite, like invite last season was a scramble because of the teams dying and stuff. And like we had to move up teams that probably would not have been an invite in any other season. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> like it's it's nothing personal. <laughs> There's an elephant in the room. No, I I got you. I got you. <laughs> 
Okay, so what was after the initial transition though? What was it like working on the Highlander team compared to the Sixes? Um, I would say like after that first season, I was definitely less involved. But like the people like there, like I think a lot of new people joined with ideas, and like they were definitely like motivated to be there and like help the scene. Like I think that was kind of the big issue was like there was not a lot of Highlander admins that were necessarily, like, just kind of putting in the time. Hmm. And I think, like, you got a lot of new people in who were really willing to do that and really willing to be on top of their divisions. Like, even if there were issues, there there were at least, like, people, and that was never an issue again. So I'll say that much. Um, How about the way, like, the player culture? How was that coming from Sixes to Highlander as the invite Um, admin? Invite never had as many issues. Like, it was never as antagonistic towards me as Sixes. But I think that's like, I don't know, I'm just not that engaged with the Highlander community, completely honest. I never have been. I was basically brought in to be a Phil admin, and I didn't even sure if I would be there for more than one season. Sounds like a major skill issue on your part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's like, I don't know. I know that, like, the Highlander community in general is like, there's not, like, a big central forum like TFTV as much. Right. There's a lot of more, like, discords and just kind of places where people talk. Like, I'm fully aware of, like, things that gets in. Like, the Firepower Discord, for instance. And, like, I'm aware of it. I just don't particularly care. So, what was your... Which staff team, team did you prefer? The Sixes or the Highlander? Um... I mean, I always loved working with the Sixes team. Like, especially, okay. like, creation and all those people. I'd say that, but, like, I don't think that there's much to be said either way, honestly. Okay, so it's just more of like a subjective thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically. So how do you feel about the whole Wilmatic drama as a whole, then? I... I don't know. I think there's... The the narrative around that is that I'm Wilmatic's, like, yes-man or something. I think people overestimate how much, like, that we, like, Alright, let me rephrase this. I think people think that we are, like, really close friends thing, and that just isn't the case. I see. Like, we talk, but, like, what's mostly just about RDL. I don't know. I think that Wilmatic's... See, here's the thing. I think... I understand people being mad with the decision-making process. I think the decisions themselves were good, but I recognize I'm in the minority of holding that opinion. Well, the thing... Like, it's not just about that. There's just, like... There are other concerns about Wilmatic, just kind of like his character, and I I'm feel like those two aware kind of, of that. Can I have less combine. of a strong opinion about it. I don't okay. really. Yeah, that, I'm pretty checked out. At, I'm pretty checked out at this point. I don't. <laughs> you've done your server. You've done your time in prison. You don't want to go back there. Basically, yeah. It's like I I understand their valid concerns. Okay. I don't particularly care. Right. Right. Okay. So, what was your favorite season of actually playing the of like playing the game? Playing, um, I think. Plant my own profile now. <laughs> like I have no memory. I think probably like season, um, four and sixes. Like I just been playing amateur with friends, and it was fun. Like I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I I so all of those like. Season 3, 3, 5, and 6 is for me. Like, I wasn't, like, even starting on teams. I was just subbing. The only one of those teams I actually started on was Season 6. Because that was when COVID happened, and I could actually do that. <laughs> that was also, like, the worst team. 
COVID other reasons. Yeah, basically. Okay. So what led you to eventually start, like, stepping down from TFTV, from RGL for all of them? So, I mean, with, like, the TFTV stuff, it was basically I just kind of became an RGL person. Then from RGL, it was just, I don't know. I have uni stuff that I do now. That's mostly been, like, what I do, aside from that. And I just have less of a desire to be engaged with the TFTV community beyond people that I just actually like talking to. That's definitely fair. Um... Okay. So who is your favorite staff member to work with from, like, all of the organizations you were a part of? Far and away, uh, Krasian. Love that man. Okay. But yeah, I've I've met a lot of people and a lot of people who are still very good friends. Uh? Yeah. How about your favorite experience as an admin? As an admin? Yeah, like, maybe the favorite, like, the, the, the decision you think you made was, like, best or um, most helpful to the community, or just, like, a positive I think, memory. I think one of the first cups I ever admined was the uh, Capping TV ulti duo, off-season ulti duo thing. Uh, and I did that with Nina, and we made the mistake of using smash.gg. So we spent the whole time, like, freaking the hell out and, like, trying to patch it together. That was fun. Hmm, okay. And then how about, like, your least favorite experience as, like, a staff member anywhere? My, my least favorite? Yeah. Um, I mean, people will remember the whole, like, ringer situation that we had to deal with with Mal in my last season six's playoffs. That was definitely, like, the most stressful. Hmm, okay. Are there, were there any decisions you really, like, regretted making yourself? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of situations I would have handled differently, but I also understand why I made the decision, so... You know. I wouldn't say there's any I openly regret, but I don't know. There's probably things I would have done differently. Okay. Um, how about just your favorite part of the TF2 community? I think the TF2 community can definitely come together in the face of a lot of things. Like, it has a lot of potential. Like, I think the event I worked on that most was, like, I worked on the Yams Cup as, like, someone organizing that. And they're, they're, events like that is always, like, or, like, a lot of, like, the lands and stuff. They show, like, a lot of the the good sides. Right. I think, like, you know, when you're day-to-day in the TFT community, you kind of forget about. But there's a lot of good stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Okay. Um, how about, like, the worst aspect of it? I think just, like, the general, like, the amount of stuff you see flung, like, flung by people at each other, like, so part of the thing in RGL was reviewing reports every week, and, like, just seeing, like, so many reports every week of just, like, just baseless bullshit. It just gets annoying, honestly. Hmm. Okay. Alright. Uh, let's... So... What were some interesting things about each region? Like, I kind of asked this before, but, like, specifically about game placing as you were casting. Like, do you have, do you have any, like, just sort of observations to make regarding that? Gameplay. Oh. Um, yeah, like, just across the different regions. I, the most chaos I've ever seen is by far in Australian games. <laughs> I think they're, they're definitely some of the most fun that I've had to watch. Um, you, like, you versus NA, like, I think the gameplay gap is not 
and very significant. I think a lot of it just stems from the differing rule sets, in the sixes especially. Like, I don't think that there's as much separating sixes in NA, especially in the current time. Uh, I don't know. Like, the, the gameplay is always just, like, I think the big, the bigger factor is just who's playing and what teams are playing at each time, more so than the region. Hmm. Okay. Because, like, it's gonna, it's gonna affect how people play. Well, that's definitely fair, yeah. Uh, what's one thing you think RGL could do better, especially? Um, I think, and I know it's something that's been worked on, is, like, just having, like, whenever there's a specific way that we want to handle something, laying it out really clearly and making sure that we're just able to do that, like, every time. I think there was always a lot of situations where it's, like, it felt like a very much just, like, you have to just kind of make a gut call about this, because there's no, like, hugely specific rule about this, but it's definitely happened before. And sometimes that can lead to, like, people being annoyed over, like, inconsistencies that sort of crop up, just because, like, people don't always remember or weren't around for something happening before. Hmm. Like, just having that internal documentation would probably be helpful. And I know there are people working on stuff like that. Right. Um... Did you experience much, like, inner RGL staff conflict, or did people mostly just, like, try and work together for the official, like, the official RGL people, at least? Um, I, I'd say for the most part, yeah, like, there are definitely people who, like, you come to disagreements with on, like, what a decision is, but, like, you, you all want the same thing. That's kind of why you're there. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say I ever had, like, a lot of overtly like negative experience with anyone RGL staff just except like maybe I guess you could say like Mopsy when she was leaving but oh. then that, that, that was less to do with me even okay so what's something you think the players of the community could improve on like what could they do to help things change for the better I I don't know I guess I think it's just like a recognition of like I I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, I think, just, like, when decisions get made that don't favor, like, a specific group of people, like, it's keeping in mind that, like, there's a very wide sliver of the community that, like, doesn't tend to get itself represented on, like, in, in discords as much or, like, on forums. But that are still like doing things like voting and stuff and, like that can often be motivators behind decisions that are just like not very visible. And so I think it's just like people don't recognize it all the time. Okay, and like sometimes like it's just like maybe we're a bit too quick to like jump the gun and start blaming without necessarily un trying to view it and understand it from the admin's perspective. What do you say? Yeah, or just like yeah, like they're like I think that because of like. Like, I think a big um, instance of that will be, like, decisions that are made because of, like, there are a lot of newer players that are joining the game and they'll play in lower divisions and, like, but they aren't represented in, like, the traditional community, like, areas as much. But there's still a significant chunk of the player base that, like, we have to keep in mind. <laughs> and, like, I think a lot of, like, the mentality around, like, people in being like, oh, well, there's no new players, there's not growth, like, we're kind of all that there is, leads to that very, like, 
having a portion of the community where the community the mentality is centered around like specific groups of players right that then like well you tend to view everything through the lens of like how it affects those people and not just the entire league okay so yeah, i think like when things like sandbagging i think were considered like that tended to be like when when you looked at an area like TFTV that has an overrepresentation of people who are like main plus, do you see a lot different of a sentiment than if you were to look at the survey data results of like people in amateur dealing with sandbagging? It's a, it's a lot different of a perspective, and like when you're only looking at one or the other, the decision doesn't make much sense. Right. Okay. So, how do you feel about the current Sixes admin team? I I disliked uh, having people who participate in invite deal with invite administration. Beyond that, I don't have very strong opinions, and I know that's changing anyway. That's that, that's pretty fair. Yeah, could have some conflict of interest there. Definitely. Do you yeah. think they're doing like a decent job overall of handling it though? Um, I'll be fully honest. I have not kept up much with like the sixes specific happenings. It's just not something I've been like directing with. I don't think that they have like major issues. And like, obviously, I think even if there are decisions I disagree with, I don't think they'll be like doing poorly for themselves. No, that's so. that's totally fair. So, where do you think RGL goes from here? Like, wh what do you see the community being like, and just like the state of the game and league being like in the near future? How do they progress? I, I think we're no longer in a period where like people are questioning like well who's gonna take the place of rgl sort of thing like right we've got i think that was that. definitely yeah that was definitely a thing like more initially after like esca died stuff like that like people being like oh i like i don't think that there's gonna be anyone like disliking rgl strongly enough to challenge it at that point and like get a significant chunk of people behind it um i think in terms of where it goes next i know like they want to do stuff with, like, the graphics. But I, I think right now you're just kind of looking at, like, some stuff has happened. We just kind of see where it settles. Right. But you'd say, like, overall the community of the game is in, like, a pretty optimistic state? I think it's settled in... Like, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, it's more optimistic or, like, pessimistic than us before. Just, like, it's, it's settled in. We'll see the usual back and forths, but I don't think we're going to see, like, I, I don't foresee disaster or like amazing success really. Okay. So were there any teams you ever found like particularly entertaining to observe when you were casting? Particularly entertaining to observe. Um Yeah, like did you ever have fa favorites pretty much? I I don't know about a favorite team or anything like that. Um I'll say I've always loved doing like low div games, like especially like the higher low divs games. Like I know Terry would do those when he was still active, and that's like, like blank TV, those were, right? Yeah, like the blank people. Like all all of the like, what if you were to watch like amateur grand finals? Like that's peak right there. It doesn't get much better. <laughs> okay, those are always the fun games to watch. Like I think invite whenever you have like the really close games, really like amazing games that everyone remembers. Like that's obviously amazing. Right, right. But it, it's it's always fun to just watch the chaos. 
Um, were there any players then that you particularly were like interested in following and observing more? Any play styles, players that really stood out to you that seemed like super promising? I remember season thirty six, um, EU. There was um that faint team with like when it was faint with like Lucas and all them. That I just remember being so exciting to watch because they were so explosive. They could be so fast paced. It really just like that was like such a breath in that season. They were so fun to watch. Hmm, that's fair. Okay. So we've covered most. Give me a second to just collect my thoughts. I do have some more things. Oh yeah, let's so. One thing I did want to ask you. Are there things you feel feel like other regions do better than RGL at, particularly? Uh, I think ETF2L handles its like communication and like how it will uh, generally do like PR like a lot better. I think they just I think that's just indicative of like how long they've been around and like they've kind of dealt with they, they've dealt with everything once, right? And, it's and like... I think they, they do a good job of like exuding that kind of confidence yeah and it's been like the same league same structure yeah no yeah, real, like uh, drastic shifts like from esaa or ugc to rgl where it's like a lot of the older guard uh shifted out in some cases yeah yeah like it's been probably the most stable region overall right uh how about australia asia south america australia asia south america uh south america i always i i feel like eternally bad for it because i know that there is a lot of good people in the community. Right. But it's really difficult. Um, Asia is a lot. It's really similar. Like, I I feel very bad for some of the people who have been running, like Fushi, who have been running stuff in Asia forever, kind of to no avail. <laughs> Australia, I think, is in an interesting place right now. They're obviously going through a lot of transitions with like Catfish stepping back from RGL or from from Oz Fortress, not RGL. Um, and kind of seeing how right. that's shaken out. Um, do you feel like maybe like more stable leagues could like perhaps like offer some assistance, kind of just like maybe more cross regional cooperation and just like helping each other with like administrative straight stuff, kind of like issues and just being on the same page about things generally? Do you think like that could be beneficial or maybe in the future of the leagues? I think it's always been something that crops up a lot and like. I agree with fundamentally, but like when leagues sometimes have like very fundamentally different ways of approaching things, like it can be a little hard. Like I think it's only been recently, for instance, that like I think you see a lot more strict rules around like conduct and stuff in EU, right? Uh, and I think that's been in part because of like you've seen it ramp up with our and NA, and like it's become more normal. Like if before then you'd have tried to like have some sort of universal system, like it becomes very difficult because there's already fundamental differences in how each region looks at people doing conduct offenses. Right. Like, what what is the league's jurisdiction? What do we consider something we want to infract, so on and so forth? So, like, even now, that would be something that's really difficult just because all the regions have had so long to develop almost independently. Right. But um, do you think, I don't know, there would be benefit for, like, liaisons between between regions like maybe to help out with for instance something like out of region players just getting an idea for them um yeah. 
stuff like that kind of like knowing their skill their div equivalent because it feels like a lot of the time when we try and do div equivalents for like etf12 for rgl uh like it they just don't end up being that accurate it feels like um yeah and i'll i'll say that that has always been an issue with south america and it's been one of the bigger reasons why there have been rules regarding south america in the past so like i definitely think that there could be value in having like people and just more active communication between leagues in general like right i fully agree with you in that regard like it can just be difficult like so south america the difference was like there's not really like the established league that you go to so you're gonna see a lot of it's hard to get like one person's opinion from that scene like no definitely yeah so that was definitely the issue with it like we don't get nearly as many like eu players coming over and when you do like it's generally someone who's more known or trying to play like high up Right. So it's a little easier in that regard, but like, yeah, South America is where I always think it would be the most useful, but it's the most difficult, probably. Yeah, but I imagine, like, I was talking to AC130 the other day, and he was saying, like, at one point he volunteered an offer to, like, help kind of coordinate and liaison, like, between the regions and just, like, give insight into, like, the out-of-region players and their problems, and they never really got back to him on that. Yeah, that's entirely fair. So it's, like, I'm just sort of, like, yeah. interested as to, like, why the reasoning towards not pursuing that could be potentially because it just seems like something that'd be universally beneficial especially when a region like south america is having a lot of issues on its own right now yeah and around that time we were like this was probably like 2020 or so and we were getting like a lot of south american players coming in yeah that's understandable yeah it's i mean yeah because the the assessment with like dealing with uh a player who we weren't sure about like their skill levels was was basically just like making sure that like they're not going to be in a div low enough that that would be probably a bigger issue. <laughs> it's imperfect, but it was sort of just like we were working with the tools we have. I don't know this case precisely. It's not like it's not something that would have been like a below head admin handling, probably. That's fair, but uh, do you think maybe yeah, like for instance with South American specific, that could be something that could be beneficial going forward? Yeah, if as the as long as the person involved would be like. Uh, a good person to have involved in yeah, I don't see why not. Right, of course, like, you would want to do vetting, but, um... Yeah. Yeah. I think it could definitely be something interesting, like, going forward. Yeah. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um... Are there any, like, re- really, like, influential, uh, like, Sixes community members that you think, like, are deserving of just, like, a shout-out of noteworthiness that don't really get the attention they deserve um i will give a shout out to my first editor-in-chief uh black Farrick. he's still he's not really around anywhere he, he still lurks but you know he he's a big person to get me involved and did a lot behind the scenes uh so did reekers when they were around um i think yeah, i like shout out to all the i don't know i could go shout out to a lot of people but yeah, i don't know I don't know. I'm more so looking at just like community leaders slash like leaders? major figures here. Um, we butt heads sometimes, but I mean, you have to appreciate Exa. They do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, RGL would not be a thing without Exa. Oh, actually, did you ever have any interactions with Sigafu directly? Uh, yes, they were always somewhat awkward, I'll say, but I don't know. It was. Sigafu is interesting. But yeah, I would I wouldn't say like I don't know. Okay. 
I don't know how I would describe it, honestly. <laughs> Otherworldly? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's fair. I remember, I think the last thing I had with him was, like, talking about, like, how we wanted to approach, like, fees in RTL. It was weird. <laughs> Money. Money. Um, so true. Were there any questions that you'd like to just, like, ask and answer for yourself? Ah, not really. Okay. Um, yeah, do you, do you have any people that you think would be interesting to interview, like, more towards, I guess, like, the sixes side or so? Um, I think if you look at any of the, like, Essentials TF people, Charlie, Adam, Kirsty, they all have pretty interesting perspectives, like, a lot of, a lot of the people in, like, the EU scene, honestly, would be interesting. Okay, yeah, just, like, get some more other regional perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, I think that's about... All I had in mind, felt like we got to cover a lot of things, yeah. A lot of perspective. Um, anything else you want to do before we wrap up the recording? No, though, thank you for having me. All right.